world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. Time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. I guess frustrated. Frustrated, that'd be the word I'd use. Frustrated. I get up every morning, I feel a little bit frustrated because, number one, so much to talk about and so little time. Number two, I, can't, I don't know how the average person can't open their eyes and see what's going on and realize somebody better do something. And number three, I need more time to, I need more time to be able to do it. Happy birthday to my, our granddaughter, Cora, two years old today. God bless children are a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Man, oh man, oh man. God bless my my children who've given me grandchildren. The crown of an old man's is, is his grandchildren. And God bless. Hey, we're going to do communion this morning. So get, get ready to join us here. Got a lot going on. Try to pack a lot in one hour. And I make it a monologue sometimes when I know it's best to be a dialogue. But I just, again, I got so much stuff to, to lay out there today. I want to get Mel in here real quickly because uh, she she has to get on with her day. People have asked about that. Where, where do we get the where do we get the Bible reading schedule? Where coach, where do you get the Bible reading schedule? And we we've posted it several different places, but Mel has put it on the on the Liberty Action Network. Mel, go ahead and friends, listen. Eat the Word every day. Will you? Will you eat the Word every day? Get in the Word every. Discipline yourself. We're in it. We're in a period of time that the undisciplined are not going to make it. You, did you hear what I just told you? The undisciplined are not going to make it. Sloppy living, sloppy Christianity, you're not going to make it. I'm trying to do all I can to try to help you, give you some direction. And, uh, hey, you can, lead, you can lead a Christian to the Bible, but you can't make them read it. Right? So, Mel, where, where do they find it there on the Liberty Action Network? Yeah, thanks, Coach. So if you if everybody who's watching right now will look at the screen, primarily the Liberty Action Network does actions and events. Transform Your Temple is a an event. It's a six-week event. So when you look at the top tab, you see, you know, Spencer's pointing to it right now. So you go to the events tab, and then you click on upcoming events. And then the very first one, because it's, it's an ongoing event, it's going to be the top of the the events for the next six weeks so you click on transform your temple the words and then that'll take you into the event so just scroll down there and then where that says click and print daily reading schedule go up just a little bit there you go the red click and print that will take you to the pdf just print that out from any computer you know wherever you're at and then this is the um, the daily Bible reading that, that Coach is referring to. So I hope that makes it more clear. Thanks, yeah, Coach. So what is today? Today is January. Go, Spencer, go to January. What day is it? January 5th. Scroll down to January 5th. And right there it is. January 5th. Well, you can't see it, Spencer. There you go. What's my Bible reading today? Uh, Genesis 12 through 16. Matthew 5, uh, 1 through 16. And if you do this in a year, you will have read through the Bible. You will have read this. Get some discipline. Well, yeah, get some discipline. How long does this take? I don't I don't know. And then meditate on it night and days as you go through. We're going to take communion here. Oh, I got a lot. I got a lot of stuff. So, Mel, thank you. Thank you for doing that. I can lead you to the Bible, but I can't make you read it. I just can't make you read it. And uh, so there, there you go. Uh, the temple training. Look, I'm not going to talk about the temple training Every day on the show. I'm not going to do it. If you want to be part of training your team. Mel, go back to that. Uh, go back to Mel's page, Spence, if you will. If you want to be part of conditioning, cleansing your temple, cleaning your temple, strengthening your, your temple, we are doing that not on the show. I'm doing it through emails and other things like that. So if you want to transform your temple, you're going to have to email me and get on the email list or you're not even going to know what's going on, right? 
you're not going to know what's going on. So we got started on it late. A lot of reasons why we got started on it late. We are launching it on Monday. We're going to go six weeks initially, six weeks of cleansing and taking care of your temple, six weeks. And we'll do it together and we'll help you build some discipline. And it's more than just losing weight. There's some detox involved with it. There's a lot of things. There's some exercise. Folks, if, if the crap hits a fan, some of you aren't going to make it a month. Somebody give me a bums up, a bums, I mean, thumbs up. If some of if the crap hits the fan, some of you will not make it a month. I'm just telling you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, communion. Let's get, let's get, let's get to, boy, I am loaded for bear this morning. Okay. I'm loaded for bear. Uh, I got, I need seven hours today. So I'm going to try to talk fast. Uh, Joe, thanks for getting up this morning and go ahead and lead us in communion. If you hear brother, we'll hear brother. Coach, excuse me one second. When you send the emails for the six-week thing, what are you labeling them? A certain thing like the subject line? Well, I would think if you got an email from me, you're on the list. If you didn't get an email, well, I am on. From- I am on the list. I am on the list. I'm just wondering if those six-week emails are have a different subject line because I don't <clears throat> check my email all the time. Well, then, what, what do you want me to do? I'm just asking if the six-week. I just sent it out. I'm not trying to okay. be argumentative. I'm not being argumentative. Okay, huh? Hang Sin. on, I'll take a look. Where does it say? Where uh transform the temple. No, right there it says it. Transform the temple. Okay, thank you. Right. Go ahead, go ahead. Um if you didn't get one, say coach, I didn't get one. I guess I didn't get one, coach. And you can join at any time and you can and you can invite other people who aren't part of the queue to be part of this as well. All right. People need to be need need to take care of the body. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. Look, I'm bursting with stuff I want to get out. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry, Coach, had a short technical challenge there. Someone um, said you're stuffing your face eating something. Is that true? No. Okay, just kidding. For that. just kidding. Just kidding. Um, okay. Thanks, Steve Dex. Just said right, here we are. Good. Thank you. you get, yeah, let me know. Go ahead. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. In due time. He did did it when it was due. Thank God. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man would some even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it's unfathomable. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Thank you, Lord. Yes. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Yeah, it's always really unfathomable when you really consider why we meet every you know why we meet here and why we're privileged to have communion um let's say a short prayer dear heavenly father we come to you in the name of our lord jesus christ and we come to you this morning with filled with gratitude gratitude for this day that you have made gratitude that you've allowed and permitted us to join it join in this day with you lord and with each other here online grateful that our lungs are full and our hearts are beating and for this day that you have given us let us take captive all those thoughts that do not do not serve our Lord. And let's only let those thoughts take residence. 
wish our thoughts that we should have walking the path that he would have us walk this day. And so on this first Friday of the new year, we are doubly grateful for that, that we are in a year where we know, Lord, that you are going to shake things. A year of the open door, a year that, that a great shaking will come to this land and wake people up. And we know that you are moving, Lord. We all on this call, all of us can feel it. You are moving. We don't understand exactly what you're going to do, but you ask that. But but we ask that you would help us have the knowledge that we may not perish, to be prepared, and not to approach you in fear, Lord, but to approach you in prayer with confidence when things happen knowing that you will provide the solution. And we ask, and we consider ourselves now as we take communion, we are grateful for this privilege of taking communion, Lord. And we bless this bread and this drink representing the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took the cup, then gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is the, my blood of the New Testament, which is shed from many for the remission of sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, everybody. Healing is the children's bread. Isn't that something? So much about the Bible. Mm. So much about the Bible. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for that. I appreciate that time together with all of you. Don't eat or drink of the bread unworthily, right? <clears throat> amen. Hey, Coach, amen. go ahead and say something real quick about the communion. You know, you can order these communion cups through Amazon. And you're never going to know, just like with Dr. Paul and stuff like that, when somebody's sick. Yeah. Joe Carrier said something to me once. He said, communion is the meal that heals. You might need to be with someone and have communion in a, that they're sick or a hospital. And you can order these cups and you can have I I have them here at my house. And yeah, that's a good idea. That's good. Well said. It's well said. You go, go on Amazon. You can go a lot of places and order them. And uh, good. Because again, we got to become. Uh, oh man, Lord, be with me here, Lord. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday. Hang, hang on, Saturday morning, Jeff Klein. What time are we doing that in Mount Vernon? What time tomorrow, Jeff? Twelve o'clock. It starts. Twelve o'clock, and it's a it's a January sixth awareness um, rally. So if you want to, that's the focus of it tomorrow. Twelve o'clock. Those of you who can make it. Maybe we're getting some snow. Doesn't matter. I'll be there. I'll be there anyway. Hey, Coach. I had a, um, hey. Yeah. Do me a favor. Bring. Yeah. <laughs> you will. Bring me your shofar. I want to. Pastor Bill suggested that. Start off with the shofar. All right. All right. That's that's uh, that's where I want to jump off today. Uh, I had a I had a good conversation with Pastor Bill Dunphy yesterday, and. Uh, Got to be careful what I say, what I'm legally allowed to say. His, his, his trial begins the, the 22nd, 22nd through the 25th. And uh, <clears throat> I made my, I, I said, look, I'll, I'll be honored to come and testify on your behalf, Pastor Bill. So I spoke to the attorneys yesterday and uh, uh, had a good conversation with him. And, uh, and the attorneys said, well, really, Coach, your testimony will not help. Pastor Bill in his case. 
So glad you're willing to do it. But the, the case that we're making, uh, your testimony really, because well, you didn't ride out there with him and a lot of different things. So, okay. So, um, I told Pastor Bill, I'd be happy to sit on that witness stand and I'll go to jail with you, dude. <laughs> I'll go to jail with you. But I'm not going to get on that witness stand <clears throat> if it's not going to help. And the attorney said it isn't going to help. In fact, one of the guys said, Coach, you might make the judge mad. Some of the things that you would say might make the judge. Can you guys believe that that might happen if I'm on the witness stand? So uh, discretion is the better better part of that on that one for sure. But Pastor Bill needs our support. The the eleven pro-lifers need our support. I want to I want to I, I uh, <clears throat> see what what we are seeing going on right now today. Whether whether or not you realize it, friends, we are seeing the passion of Christ played out again right in front of in modern era. And you say, what what do you mean, Coach? Well, one of the problems that we have in this whole J six battle. And if I were going to have to go to trial, and Isaac Yoda went to trial. See, they try to tell us that there's a separation between the church and the state, right? We've been hearing that for how long? Separation between the church and the state. Separation between the church and the state. And what they've told us is that the church is not allowed to be involved in the government, which is a total lie. It's completely backwards. It means the First Amendment means Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of a religion, excuse me, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So Congress, the courts, the attorney general, nobody can make any law respecting the free exercise of your faith. They cannot do it. None. No law. Do, do we understand that? And so what we said when they said there was a separation between the church and state, here's what they did. They said, okay, the church cannot influence the government but the government's going to control the church. That's where we are, friends. The church is in under the the church is under the thumb of the government. Under the thumb. And one of the arguments that I've been making with my friends who anybody who will listen is if we go into court, I'm telling you this because there's going to be more of us that this is going to happen to. If you go into court and you try to make an argument based on man's judicial system, you are destined to lose. Because we are, me, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, is a representative, I'm an ambassador of a different kingdom. Jesus Christ himself, when he stood before the Sanhedrin, which was, by the way, the legal group of his day, when he stood before Congress, Jesus said to them, you have no power over me. Why? Because he was not under the authority of the Sanhedrin, the Roman government. They had no power over him. He was representing a different kingdom. Amen. And when when I, Bill Dunphy, whoever, Isaac Yoder, when we went went to Washington, D.C., we went at the command of our commander-in-chief to go, right, and tear down strongholds and go and to advance the kingdom of God. And when we showed up, we were exercising, the. we were ambassadors of a spiritual kingdom in a natural world. Do you guys understand that? And so when you go into court in Washington, D.C., you are going before a natural court under which have no authority over kingdom men and kingdom persons. Do you understand that? Now, we are in trouble if we go into a courtroom and murder somebody because that falls under the purview of what we would call civil justice. But the idea of Bill Dunphy showing up outside the uh, the courthouse, the capital, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God is not an insurrection. Amen. Do you guys get that? And so who does he have to go stand before? He has to go stand and be judged by the other team. And we don't get it. So I say to lawyers, I'm not going to talk out of school here. This is the argument. He's representing a different kingdom. 
He's representing a different kingdom. He's mandated by his commander-in-chief to go to power and speak truth. He's a prophet. He's mandated, First Amendment protected, speech to power. The exact same thing they crucified Jesus Christ for. The exact same thing. Why did they crucify Jesus? They said, uh, well, are you ready? Pull it up there for me, Spencer. Pull it up. Jesus before the Sanhedrin. Played at about 1.5 speed there, if you can, real quickly. It's a YouTube video. And you tell me that here's Jesus trying to explain to these guys who cannot understand that he's got a different kingdom. He's representing a different... He's saying to the Sanhedrin, we're not under these rules. This is not the rules. I'm bringing a new kingdom. The exact same situation when he stands before those who do not have eyes to see and cannot understand. And we go into a legal system fighting a spiritual battle and... We won't even use our weapons. We won't even use our weapons. What are the weapons? Truth. (laughs) Go speak the truth. Damn the torpedoes. I'm going to go speak the truth. So real quick, put this at 1.5 speed. We're not going to watch seven minutes and 19 seconds. But here is Jesus Christ in Washington, D.C., before some secular judge who wouldn't know Jesus Christ if he came and sat on his lap. And that secular judge is going to try to judge spiritual things. And Jesus himself said, if you don't understand earthly things, how are you going to understand spiritual things? Jesus said. And so Pastor Bill Dunphy, who's exercising a spiritual dominion, now has to go before a secular judge who has no idea what he's talking about. Go ahead and play this. Said he should be found like a common thief. It's most unseemly, sir. Jesus, it is not our intention to treat you as a criminal, but we want you to explain to this assembly the nature of your teachings. What is this doctrine you and your disciples are spreading through Judea? Pause it. Notice this. The church can't wait to throw him under the bus. Go ahead. I have spoken open. For all the world to hear. I have taught in the synagogues and in the temple. I have said nothing in secret. So, why do you ask me? Ask those who heard me. They are my witnesses. Papas, I've heard him preach. I, I find nothing in his doctrine which denies the basic principles of our faith. Rabbi, we fail to understand the meaning of many of your sayings. For instance, there are witnesses who say that you claim that you could destroy the temple. And rebuild it. Freeze it. They don't understand spiritual things. They don't. They don't. They said, "What? You you can't rebuild the temple in three days." He's thinking, "Dudes, go ahead." One could rebuild the temple in three days. What he said must have some symbolic meaning. Come and so I heard him say he could rebuild it again in two days. Three days, four days. You hear? Witnesses can't even agree. How can we remember every detail? There was a right which Jesus himself provoked, but for which the Romans will hold us responsible. The riot was provoked by Barabbas. The Romans don't need an excuse. We know what they have done to our people. All of us here can remember an occasion not so many years back when over a thousand of our people were nailed to the walls of Jerusalem because there were not enough scaffolds to satisfy the Romans' lust for blood. None of us, I'm sure, wants to give any more victims to Pontius Pilate than we can prevent. Of course not, Joseph. We're all agreed upon that. As Caiaphas has said, this is not a trial. We, we left our homes. We came here tonight hoping that Jesus of Nazareth would explain to us the purpose of his mission and help to heal the divisions in our community. Brother, we have often heard that you've come to bring love and brotherhood. I beg you, bring peace to our gathering tonight. Tell me. It has been said that you proclaimed yourself the Son of God. I ask you now, in the name of the Eternal, Are you the Messiah, the Son of God?
Adán. Okay, you can freeze. You can stop there. See, this is this is just this is just history repeating itself. And Pastor Bill Dunphy, a witness to the life of Christ, is going to stand before a secular judge who doesn't understand it. Not only him, a lot of other people, Isaac Yoder, a lot of others are going to. Because we've allowed, the church has allowed this false separation between the church and the state, which tells me that if I'm a Christian man, the state has no power authority over me. Right now, I, I'm, I could go a lot of directions right now. And I'm, I could go to, <clears throat> because I do it. Why does, what business is it of the government's, how much money Pastor Salt Ministries brings in? None. Why do I have to fire, file paperwork for the government to show the money that came in, the money? We're, we're upside down, folks. Little bit at a time, little bit at a time, we have yielded the power and authority of Christ to the government, government approval. So I came across something today that really, really got me going. Uh, We have a lot of people who are great Christians in private, but nowhere to be found in public. In fact, because of the long arm of government and because of the cowardice of men in the pulpit, we now have a private Christianity as opposed to a public Christianity. Does somebody give me an amen so yeah, I know that you get what I'm saying? We're, we are not encouraged. Amen. We are not encouraged in our churches amen. ever to take our faith to the street. If you take your faith to the street, those in your own household will call you a zealot. They'll say you're sick. You're mentally ill. Yep. So that's why we have a government full of people who claim to be Christians, Republicans, who go to church and make the sign of the cross and have no public expression or influence of their faith in what they permit to go on. They told us there's a separation between the church and state. So here comes this new uh, Mike, whatever his name is, the new Speaker of the House, and they chastise him because he wants to put his faith into action in the government. And the government says, you can't do that. And who else says that? The churches say, you can't do that. They go into our public schools and they teach our children doctrines of demons in our public schools. We got to beg Oh, please, can we start life-wise? Oh, please, can we have have some release time for Bible teaching? Please, right? Amen. That's where we are with it. The conflict has never changed, boys and girls. It's never changed. No, 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 no. The conflict continues to be the seed of the serpent against the seed of the woman. Is Christ king or is Satan king? Is the church king or is government king? Now, dichotomy will not fall down without without an assault, without a fight, without a fight. But we've been told in our churches, not allowed to fight. It's not Christian. You have to obey the government. You have to subdue. You got to give in. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna cut off the ding dong of your little uh, your little neighbor's wife. Oh well, gee, that's that's up there, right? To be able to live. How stupid are we? So pull up a Mark. Uh, pull up Mark Twain. Oh, I got so much I want to share with you. Mark Twain, the present Christ, the present Christian makes an excellent private Christian. I'm going to stop right there a second. This is written like 1801. The present Christian makes an excellent private Christian, but it endeavors to make an excellent public one good for nothing, substantially. This is an honest nation in private life. The American Christian is a straight and clean and honest man. And in his private commerce with his fellows, he can be trusted to stand faithfully by the principles of honor and honesty imposed upon him by his religion. But the moment that man comes forward to exercise a public trust, he can be confidently counted upon to betray that trust in nine cases out of ten because party loyalty requires it. There's a boom, Vinny. 
Boom, Vinny. We elect Christians, and they go to Washington, D.C., and they become Republicans. Boom. If there are two tickets in the field in this in this city, one composed of honest men and the other of notoriously blatherskites and criminals, he will not hesitate to lay his private Christian honor aside and vote for the blatherskites if his party honor shall expect it. His Christianity is of no use to him and has no influence upon him when he is acting in a public capacity. Mark Twain, 250 years ago. He's 200 years ago. His, he has sound and sturdy private morals, but he has no public ones. Is anybody feeling this for me? Is this, is this unbelievable? In the last great municipal election in New York, almost a complete one half of the votes representing 3.5 million Christians were cast for a ticket that had hardly a man on it whose earned and proper place was outside the jail. But that vote was present at church next Sunday, the same as ever, that voter, and as unconscious of his perfidy as if nothing had happened. In other words, we elect evil men and go to church on Sunday. We vote against our consciences and go to church on Sunday. Because why? We've separated private Christianity from public Christianity. Our Congress consists of Christians. Mark Twain, 200 years ago. In private life, they are true to every obligation of honor. Yet in every session, they violate them all. And they violate their oath without shame. Because honor to parties above honor to themselves. It is an accepted law of public life that in it a man may soil his honor in the interests of moving forward on behalf of the party. He must do it when party expediency requires it. In private life, those men would bitterly resent and justly any insinuation that it would not be safe to leave unwatched money within their reach, yet you could not wound their feelings by reminding them that every time they vote $10 to the pension appropriation, nine of it is stolen money by marauders. <laughs> this is so true. They have flinched, they have filched the money to take care of the party. That they believe it was right to do it. They do not see how their private honor is affected. Therefore, their consciences are clear and at rest. By vote, they do wrongful things every day in the party interest, which they could not be persuaded to do in public life. I'm sorry, in private life. They will vote for in public what they would never do in their private life. And in the interest of party expediency, they give solemn pledges. They make solemn compacts. In the interest of party expediency, they repudiate them without a blush. They would not dream of committing these strange crimes in private life. Mark Twain, 1907. I was wrong. Only almost 200 years. And so somewhere along the line, we have got to stop being ashamed publicly of Christianity. We have no hope if we don't. No hope. And how many people that you go to church with or have gone to church, Betty Perkins, I wonder how many people drive by you every day when you're out there holding that sign out on the street and they're saying, God, I, I wonder what happened to Betty. She used to be the sweetest thing. And now she's got religion. She's crazy. And she's following that coach, Dave. And I'm going to vote for Bill Johnson because he's a good Republican. Are you, you try, you, huh? Huh? Right? That's where we are. And judgment begins where? Judgment begins in the house of God. And they've told us that there was no, that there was that separation between the church and state. And you can't mix religion and politics. Our pastors told us that. Our pastors told us 
You can't mix religion and politics. Our pastors told us that. That's where the battle lines are drawn. That's what we have to ask ourselves. And you better, uh, you better, Christian, you better take this very, very seriously. I don't know where it is. Somebody out there will find it because the Holy Spirit just whispered it to me. Jesus Christ said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. And by the boatloads, we Christians better hope he wasn't serious. Because we've taken Christianity and we've made it a private matter between a man and his God. And I got to tell you something, the Luciferians are giving a standing ovation. They couldn't be happier. And you know it, you feel it. How do I know you feel it? Because in your own families, you are getting pushback for you because you are not ashamed of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Huh? You're not ashamed of it. You're supposed to be. You're supposed to keep it to yourself in your house. We don't discuss religion and politics. That's, that's the lie of life. And so Bill Dunphy and Isaac Yoder are going to go stand before people who are going to judge them, and they have an entirely different set of, they're serving an entirely different kingdom. And the First Amendment of the Constitution, put it up there real quick, Johnny. See how quick you are. Spence, I'm sorry, whoever the heck's running the thing. Put it up there. <clears throat> Congress shall make no law. <clears throat> Where is it? Congress shall make no law. I want you to see it. I want you to know I'm not lying to you. Congress shall make no law. And neither can courts, by the way. Courts are not Congress. Courts can't make law. Courts interpret law. When a court makes a court ruling, it's an interpretation. It's not law. That's why Roe versus Wade is overturned. It was a bad judgment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of a religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. If Bill Dunphy is called to go to Washington, D.C. and stand on a step and preach against the government, he has a God-given right to be able to do that. And if he doesn't have that right, he is not free. And isn't it amazing that who, who gets to judge Bill Dunphy? <laughs> Why the kings of government? The kings of government say, "How dare you try to overthrow this?" Isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't that exactly what they accused Jesus Christ of? You keep talking about this other king, huh? Pilate's getting mad. Caesar's getting mad. You keep talking about this other king. Jesus says, "Yeah, yeah, I'm representing a different kingdom. My kingdom's not of this world." Bill Dunphy standing out in front of the Capitol saying, "My kingdom's not of this world." And what do the lawyers say? Oh, coach, you can't make that argument. You can't make that argument. Why can't, why can't you make that argument? Well, because there's a separation between lawyers. The judge won't let you make that argument. Well, who the hell cares what the judge says? Unrighteous fools. Unrighteous fools. Unrighteous fools. Unrighteous fools. <clears throat> so uh, here's the good news. It's going to get tougher. Living out your faith isn't going to get easier. Don't get tougher. You know why? Because the devil sees us as mosquitoes, leeches, usurping his authority. And the last thing they want you to do is buzz in to your congressman's office and bite him. They want him to they want him to remain a good private Christian, but don't you drag that crap in here into the government. Don't you do that? Uh-uh. So we have a uh, we have a war ahead of us. We have a war of us, and our judicial system, despite what we what we want to believe, our judicial system is anti-Christ. It's anti-Christian. 
And to operate within the judicial system, you have to operate as a non-Christian for the most part. You cannot make an argument. My friend here, Bill Dunphy, is representing a different kingdom. He's exercising his First Amendment right to come and be an ambassador and speak the truth. That's what he was doing. And the reaction of whether other people came and broke in have nothing to do with what my, my uh, Pastor Bill did. Pastor Bill was representing his king here. And what the people did, they did that on their own. But you cannot blame Pastor Bill Dunphy for what other people did. Does anybody see this but me? This is so clear. How can you blame him for what other people did? I can tell you this. There ain't no pastor standing with Bill Dunphy. That's why we're going to go to the square tomorrow noon, Jeff. I forget. I'm my brain. What time, Jeff? Noon. Noon. That's why we're going to go there tomorrow and we're going to try to raise awareness again. They're locking up our Christian brothers and sisters and the church don't give a flying whatever. They'll just lay low. They'll just lay low and be good private Christians. They ain't going to stick their head up to Mr. Whack-a-Mole and get themselves whacked. I got more, but I'll take it. I got to show you this. number. Point number five. Point number five for me real quick. I saw this yesterday, and I had such rage go through my body. I can't even tell you. Sam Brinkman Freed. Bankman Freed. Remember him? Remember the guy went out and stole all that money and then gave it all, gave it all to the, to the, he gave it all to lefty Democrats and won elections all across America. You guys remember him, right? You remember him? Huh? They thrown him in jail with Bill Dunphy. He's going to do play this. It's very short. Upton, there's nothing fishy about it. Prosecutors decided to drop the charges relating to a second trial against Sam Bankman Freed. Why? Well, the prosecutors said there was a strong public interest in a resolution of their case against a former billionaire, and that outweighed the benefits of a second trial. You know, the trial that was going to be about campaign donations, financing, and bribery. So there's a huge public interest in investigating Catholics for being Catholic and doing the full court press on grandmas who happened to be in D.C. on January 6th. But there's no public interest in uncovering how $100 million in stolen funds helped win congressional seats. Apparently, the only thing more safe and secure than blockchain is a political donation. Who knew the best cryptocurrency strategy isn't Bitcoin or Ethereum? It's Joe Biden. Please like, comment. Uh-huh. Huh? That tells it like it is. Renetti's pizza, come on in. I'll shut up. Lorian. Good morning. And uh, Proverbs, in New King James, Proverbs 31, 8 and 9, it says, open your mouth for the speechless in the case of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth. Judge right, righteously and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. And that's it. That's it. And we don't. And we don't. And by no. The way, and, and that's what Pastor Bill and you and everyone else, everybody, no action is still an action. No response is still a response. That's right. You know, to and speak, love is what love to does. To, speak. to not to speak is to speak. Right? Exactly. To not, not to speak is to speak. Love, you know, when you love someone, you know, love is what love does or it doesn't. So it's your response, your actions have to back it and pass and pastor bill, you know, and his family, because his wife is, is there and his kids, you know, and this is, this is getting real. And so we have to open up our mouth and, and where we need to start opening our mouth up is start talking to God. Because there is a war. This is a war. God wants his soldiers to rise up this year and war against the evils. Because all these negative things that are coming that are, that are coming at us, that's the enemy trying to scare us. Those are all fear tactics. It's the fear news. It's not fake news. They're telling you the truth, what they're going to do. They want to instill so much fear that, because that, what? Fear involves torment. 
That's right. And it paralyzes you. That's right. And that's where we are. So that's why, Laura Ann, if you could, Spencer, is it Spencer? I'm, I'm, I'm my, Brian's afraid. Yeah, Spencer. Spencer, pull up Men's Gathering at Sky High. Hey, guys, this is urgent that we get together. This is urgent. Now, you can register now online. Men, make plans to get here. Say, so, well, I, you know, Coach, I can't come that weekend because uh, whatever. I get it. I get it. I get it. Coach, that's, that's a long way for me to come. Yeah, I get, I get it. I get it. We're getting men together 26, 27, and 28. Now, I don't care if you get 20. The reason I put a $20 ticket fee is to make you be a man of your word and come because you got 20 bucks invested in it. Right? Come on, get up here. Get up here. Iron sharpens iron, baby. Iron sharpens iron. We're going to connect that with uh, Dr. Frank's going to talk about, oh, my goodness. Election fraud. Register. Get up in there. Roger Weaver. Come on in, Roger. Well, I was just going to make some general judicial comments. Um, you know, I, I think of one thing I think people need to remember. You hire a lawyer. He doesn't hire you. Yeah. Now, unless you are in front of a jury 24-7, the opinion of the client is probably as equal to the lawyer, okay? How to pick a jury, so on and so forth. Uh, your job is to take my counsel, but the final decision is yours when you're with a lawyer. You can tell your lawyer, thank you for your input, but this is where I want you to go with Amen. this particular Amen, issue. Good now, advice. Good now advice. He, can, he can say no, and that's okay. Then he can he can withdraw also. I think you need to get another lawyer to handle it in the way that you would like to have it handled. But we've got to remember that because I still think, although lawyers are right down there with used car salesmen anymore, but I think everybody's down there. The ultimate decision rests with the client how they want to handle something. That's right. Um, the second thing I would say is this. I, I don't consider myself a big trial lawyer, but I've, I've picked a few juries. Uh, you know, your son and I worked a case about three weeks ago, and I'm telling you, we thought we won that baby. I mean, I don't mean that arrogantly. I just mean, you know, we picked that jury, and when we spoke to that jury, and they came back so different than our thought, um, it was unbelievable. Were we wrong? Maybe a little. But I think the thing lesson I learned is, you can, you don't know what they're going to do. You could you could say to the, your your lawyer, listen, this is what I want you to do in front of that jury, and the jury, and you win just because of what your gut feeling is. Um, the fact that the lawyer says we should handle it this way, if that guy tries the case once every year, his opinion's no better than your opinion, to be honest. Yeah. Um, now, if you get some guy that's in there you know, every week, maybe a little different, but or if you hire a, a jury you know, psychologist or whatever, but nobody can afford that. So. Just remember when you, and, and I think that goes across any professional you hire. You're you're the you're in charge. You're hiring them. You're to seek their counsel, but you can tell them where you want to invest your money. Yeah. You can tell the accountant how you would like something to be handled. He has every right to say yes, but he can say no. Then you move on to someone that will do the way. You'd like to have it done. And obviously, we're not doing things illegal here. But so that's my 10 cents this that's morning. Consent. That's right. Hey, if you hire some guy to represent you, I'm going to tell you something. When the trial's over, I don't want to look back and say, daggone, I should have followed my gut. Huh? I've been there, man. I've been, I've been there. Thanks, Roger. Brian, come on in, Brian. Yeah, Coach, I just wanted to say uh, how important the prayers are for these pastors and, and, and the ones who are being locked up. Um, you know, I, I go to trial uh, January 30th through the February 2nd in South Carolina. And uh, I'll tell you, I just got out of one not too long ago where I was facing 18 months in, in prison for just preaching. And uh, that one got overturned uh, by a jury trial. And I'll tell you, the prayers are so important, Coach, because what we don't understand is, is when you're sitting on that seat and that verdict's being handed down, 
it sometimes even enters your mind. It's like the enemy comes in and says, maybe I shouldn't have stood out there. Maybe I shouldn't have held that Bible up and preached to those people. And so, guys, let me just tell you, you don't realize when you're taking communion and you really need to take these prayers serious for these men because, you know, they may be in high spirits when they talk to you on the phone, you know, because they want to be strong for the brothers and sisters out there. But when you're sitting in the hot seat, it's just not as easy as you think it is. A devil's mind game, all that stuff, huh, Brian? Yes. Huh? And not only Amen. that, how much money has it cost Bill Dunphy? Yes. For something he didn't do. It's lawfare. We're, we live. It's a wicked, 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 wicked system, friends. It's wicked. It's godless. It's Christless. It's truthless. Do you guys really believe that Bill Dunphy? is going to walk into a courtroom in Washington, D.C. before an impartial judge. Does it, does it, huh? It's Jesus Christ before the Sanhedrin. They just want to moan down. Just want, they just want to get through them. How many more of these cases we got to do, Esther? Uh, you got 30 more. I'll show you. All right. I just got, he got his mind made up. Got his mind made up. Come on in, Jeff. Don't you know I had another one tell me yesterday, a woman in my office talking about Pastor Bill and this and that, and she knows all of us. And she wouldn't really want to say nothing. And I knew what she was going to say as she walked out the door. Well, brother, all we can do is pray about yeah, it. Yeah, boy. Yeah, and all boy. we can do is one pray. And then she would laugh. You know, but here's the thing. It's like and maybe it's something we need to get is do some – if through the show here is do some daily prayers for Pastor Bill and the J6ers and the pro-lifers like you did with other events. You know what I mean? So many days. But, you know, I had a guy the other day. He's a successful car salesman. He wholesales 70 cars a month. He's doing okay. But he was totally flipping out on me the other day. He's freaked out. Freaked out. And he says he's Catholic and, you know, this and that. But so I really, yeah, I like the guy. So he comes to me a lot and he comes into that garage and he says, man, I feel so much better when I come here and hang out with you for a little while. Cause his day's distraught. He's just, he had, come in here day. He said, you know what time I went to bed last night? I said, I have no idea. He said, I didn't. He was, he's ripped. He's just hot. I said, all right, JD, here's what you're going to do. At the end of this month, we're all going to get together a bunch of men. Cause he keeps asking questions. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I said, you want to come with me down to Buckeye Lake? He said, I told him a little bit about it. Who's going to be there? He said, I'm there. I said, all right, I'll bring you. So we need to just pray and bring one man with us, each of us. Bring a man. Amen. There's Amen. many of them out there. Amen. I took, look, you can sleep on the floor. Bring a sleeping bag. You can sleep on the floor. Come on, man. Thanks, Jeff. Randy. Coach, um, <clears throat> we're going to have to start realizing all of our bad contracts now. God is a God. Is he, he expects us to fulfill our contracts, right? Even though, even though they're wrong, even though they're they're uh, unequal, we're unequally yoked. That's we need to get out of those contracts, and you can do it. It takes time, but when you're in contract with Babylon, you, they own you. You you can't beat them. You can't win, and that's why most of the lawyers can't go into a court. It's already stacked, even if they're right. They're not going to see justice now. They'll no, play by their rules. You got to play by their rules. Amen, Coach. And so, how do how can we win unless God puts us there and and just says, "Okay, I'm going to step in," and it's almost a miracle. They happen. I get that. But as a rule, we we have no justice in the courts as long as we are contracted with the bar system. So I'm I'm not against you, Roger. I'm for you or any other attorneys, but the lawyers are going to have to stand up and start back pushing back against their, their, their slave masters. It's just going to have to happen. And when that does, we'll see more justice coach. And that's why we're, we're doing all these decrees coach, because we have to tear down the strongholds in order to step in and play, replace it. We have to take them down. That's, the Lord, that's the order of business right now. Take amen, Randy. Down. The, the Lord Thank you, loves- Randy. Amen. The Lord loves justice and judgment. Is it Psalm 98? Was it, did I see? Somebody sent that to me today. Who sent that to me today? The scripture. The script, I'm looking over here. Does anybody know where it is? The Lord, uh, Psalm, is it Psalm 98? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here. 
thinking out loud. Come on in, Jack, while I'm looking here. Well, the, the whole contract issue, it's just the same as the mailbox issue. If you're not going to, you can criticize the church for being a 501c3 contract with Babylon. But if you have a contract with Babylon, we make excuses. It's got to be personal all the time. It always comes back to personal. Sorry, Real ID is a global contract. Amen. It's a, <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get, I get, it's not so money. I'm still looking. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I'm going to observe here. When I first started out with you, Coach, you said on your show, go out there and do it. Have the experience. That's it's right. like when I experienced my first homosexual parade here in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Wow, what an experience. And it gave me more confidence to uh, to proceed and to reveal Jesus Christ. It's mm-hmm. training and experience. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Thank you. Sheila, come in. Come on in, Sheila. And by the way, Sheila, I got something we'll share with you later on. Uh, good morning. Great. Um, I remember in my 30s, as much as I knew and had a relationship, I thought, with the father and with the son, I uh, was really convinced over time, and it repeated in my life enough that it came out of my own mouth several times. I don't know why you people are talking about the devil so much. If you don't talk about him, he'll leave you alone. That didn't come from my mind. (laughs) And I know that because of the college theology classes and philosophy classes and everything, by the time I was 30, we don't even notice the influence. And that's where you're finding that people are silent majority because we were told not to be mentioning these things. Don't upset, even the Jewish people don't upset them by talking about our faith. That's right. That's right. Don't make any waves, right? Don't make any waves. Oh, man, I'm trying to find that scripture. Folks, the hallmark of our king that we claim to serve, the hallmark is judgment and justice. It's his hallmark. It's his calling card. The Lord loves judgment and justice. Now, the Bible says mercy triumphs over justice. But in order to be delivered of your sins, you have to go into a courtroom and openly admit that you are guilty. And when you openly admit that you are guilty, judgment comes. Justice comes. When you are ruled guilty, it gives Christ the opportunity to say, okay, guilty, you admit it now. Mercy is available. But until you admit that you did a crime, I can't help you. It's called repentance. Lord, I'm guilty. Please forgive me. And the Bible says he loves judgment judgment and justice. And what is the justice? The wages of sin is death. And he paid that price for you. Justice fulfilled. If you think God is winking and nodding at injustice, then you don't understand him. You don't understand his nature. He is a man of wrath. And his wrath's not going to not going to rest forever, friends. And we're living in a country, and we're living in a, in a under a Luciferian government that's impacted the church, scared the church inside its four walls, and dared us not to come out, and certainly not to get involved in politics, and certainly not to get involved in Luciferian business. You take your Christianity, and you go sit in your church, and you pray in your prayer closet, and you be a good private Christian, but don't you dare bring it publicly. That's where we are. Coach, it's Psalm 89, 14, I think, 16. Thank you, Randy. 16. 89, I had them backwards. Psalm 89, 89, 14. 14. Thou, 13 says, thou hast a mighty arm, strong is thy hand, and high is thy right hand. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Wow. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Boom. Wow, huh? 
Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. And in thy name shall they rejoice all day. And in thy righteousness, his righteousness, shall you be exalted. Talk about a blood sacrifice, baby. Blood sacrifice. Sign up. Come and see us uh, in end of January. Come and see us. Be praying for Pastor Bill and for Isaac and many others. Many others out there. Huh? Many others. I asked that lawyer yesterday, should I come and testify? They're probably still investigating me. He says, oh, coach, I promise you, they're still investigating you. Huh? Oh, yeah. Lord's my light and my salvation. In whom shall I fear? God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. No, I won't see you Monday.